Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello. Now, whilst... Many, most British politicians have either actively cheered on the great atrocities being committed, the one of the great crimes of our age, and the onslaught against Gaza and the Palestinian population of Gaza. Many of the politicians just failed to speak out. We have had some courageous leaders who have spoken out and who have stood up against war crimes, but also consistently in defense of human rights and just the basic building blocks of international law, frankly, which have been disregarded systematically by the state of Israel and its allies. And one of those hugely courageous voices is Zara Sultana. However, Zara has come under attack, like many who've been standing up um, for the Palestinian people. But whilst many have been attacked, it is it comes with a particularly racist bent with often, I would say, disproportionately women of colour. And that has been the case with you, Zara. Uh, so firstly, solidarity. Um, in fact, what we'll do now is we will show the clip of what happened. Past mistakes in the Middle East should have taught this house that military intervention starting out as limited can quickly escalate, risking a sequence of events far larger and more terrible and risk even dragging us into war. It is for this reason, according to reports in The Times, that Foreign Office officials were, and I quote, incredibly nervous about last week's military assault in Yemen. Driving the region's instability is Israel's horrifying assault on Gaza, which has now lasted more than 100 days. So rather than giving Israel the green light to continue its brutal bombardment of Gaza and risking a wider conflict, will the Prime Minister, Prime Minister seek to de-escalate the situation and call for an immediate ceasefire? Prime Minister. Uh, perhaps the Honourable Lady would, would do well to call on Hamas and the Houthis to de-escalate the situation. Andrew Percy. Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Too many people give a free pass to the terrorists who, uh, uh, who um, uh, perpetrated the worst murder of Jews, and we've just seen an example of that, just as we saw examples of that on our streets uh, this weekend. Order, Mr. Deputy Speaker, and in line with the House's rules, I inform the member in question that I would be referencing him. In the previous statement, the member for Brigham Gould implied that I had just, and I quote, given a free pass to the terrorists who carried out the October the 7th attack. Mr. Deputy Speaker, that claim is grotesquely untrue. My question to the Prime Minister in no way had that implication. I was calling for a de escalation in the region and for an immediate ceasefire, and his accusation is absolutely untrue. In this House, and Elsewhere, I have repeatedly condemned the actions of Hamas and called for the release of all hostages. Moreover, the member's gross accusation is playing to a racist trope, implying that because I am a Muslim, I support Hamas. So, with rising Islamophobia and racist tropes asking British Muslims to prove their loyalty, can I ask you for guidance on how to get a full retraction and apology from the member for Brig and Ghoul? Further to that point of order, Andrew Percy. As loath as I am to engage in this silliness, let me be absolutely clear 
Let me be absolutely clear to the Honourable Lady. Not only did I not reference her, I have on numerous, if she would let me, if she'd listen to the response, on numerous occasions I have said too many people have failed to call out uh, what I think is unacceptable. I've said that before. I'm not going to stop saying that I think people have given a free pass on occasions um, to uh, behaviour and have not uh, dealt with this with a fair hand. That is an open point of debate. I have called people out on my own side for that. If she could sit here and listen to me, it has absolutely nothing to do with the um, thing. But I don't want to engage in this silliness. So I will say, I will say to the Honourable Lady, I have absolutely no intention of inferring at all that she is in any... Let me respond that she is in any way in support of any of that. I'm sure she isn't. I never said that. I would never say that. But I'm also, Mr Deputy Speaker, not going to not say what I think on issues in this House and call out what I think is on this issue. Too many people in this place giving a free pass to one side whilst not acknowledging the horrors that the other side suffered. I mean, just listening to all that. Firstly, I mean... Isn't this quite dangerous, do you think? I mean, do you actually, when you hear this kind of rhetoric, does it actually leave you a little bit worried about the impact on your actual own personal safety? Um, and just explain why you think that's the case. It's dangerous. If, if Absolutely. Know. It leaves me worried. It leaves my loved ones worried because we all know that two of my colleagues, two MPs, have been killed in recent years for their political beliefs. And at a time where Islamophobia, anti-Semitism are on the rise, seeing a Tory minister using the platform of the House of Commons to air these views, saying that I am giving a pass, a free pass to terrorists, is incredibly dangerous. It is irresponsible language and words have consequences. There are people who will see that there and and potentially uh, might believe what he is saying, although thankfully he did withdraw that accusation because it was completely and utterly wrong but words have consequences and as a young woman as a woman of color i have received so much abuse since getting elected four years ago uh, if anyone looks at my twitter profile every time i post anything uh, remotely related to uh, palestine immigration it could be talking about uh supporting trade unions I just receive a barrage of hate um, and that has definitely grown ever since uh, the war on Gaza has escalated. Uh, so there is a definite danger, but I am taking all the measures. Uh, but I think it is irresponsible for an MP to use his position to uh, accuse me of giving a free pass to terrorists. I mean, just that context of Islamophobia, which has been on the rise in this country for a very, very long time. Um, and we've seen that in terms of on the streets, anti-Muslim hate crimes, and polling, you know, whilst thankfully there are huge numbers of people who do reject Islamophobia, there is a constituency in this country which clearly embrace it with uh, with huge enthusiasm. So just, I mean, in terms of how that comes, because it's the media, it's politicians, I mean, that's the context, isn't it? This doesn't come in a vacuum, even just of what's happened. It's, it's that kind of demonization, particularly of people who are Muslim, from Muslim heritage, linking to the idea of dangerous extremists, terrorists, that kind of thing. I've always highlighted that Islamophobia comes from the very top. We had Boris Johnson, former prime minister, who accused women of uh, who wore the niqab uh, as being letterboxes and bank robbers. And there was a direct uh, correlation in terms of Islamophobic hate crime increasing following that. Yesterday uh, was a clear demonstration 
of Islamophobia in the House of Commons chamber. Just because I'm a member of parliament uh, doesn't give me a free pass from that. And Rishi Sunak used an Islamophobic trope, suggesting I had some kind of special relationship, connection, uh, way to get through to Hamas and the Houthis. And then that then gets picked up on. And then it was Andrew Percy who spoke directly after him, uh, who made uh, that awful remark. And this is the Tory party uh, in, in, in their truest form. Um, they have pushed through policies that harm the most vulnerable people. And Islamophobia in the Tory party isn't something that is new. It's not just something that has happened to me. Um, and we know that they have a history of this. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I mean, on that, do you think this is part of a kind of strategy as well to deflect from the crimes being committed against the Palestinian people with the active complicity and support of Rishi Sunak and his government? And it's actually quite sinister as well, because the onslaught against the Palestinian people is kind of linked to this kind of trope, isn't it? It's that... The Palestinian people collectively are dangerous extremists. There are no innocents or involved, as various Israeli ministers and their apologies keep saying. So just wondering, is this part of that kind of general, That's there's that context, but it's deflecting from what... So my question was was about limited, supposed, supposedly limited interventions and how they can quickly escalate. And then we find ourselves drawn into wars. Uh, we can look at Afghanistan, we can look at Iraq, we can look at Libya, for example. So I was quoting the Times and uh, the Foreign Office uh, in terms of uh, uh, officials who uh, were incredibly nervous about the, the strikes that took place in Yemen. So I'm making this really reasonable point and using these establishment quotes. And then I get this this Islamophobia in return. And it's to delegitimize a point that I'm making to not really address it at all and kind of completely deflect from the point. And we know that this is something uh, that Palestinian people uh, have experienced uh, for a very long time. It is not new. In fact, uh, when we look at some of the reporting around what is happening in Gaza, there was the Guardian headline that referred to Palestinian children as being 18 and under. And that has a purpose. There's a point to doing that. And it um, it, it, it has a, a, a response in terms of how the public react and their empathy towards uh, victims of war crimes. And it also... Uh, allows uh, the media to devalue Palestinian life to make the point that they are less worthy or less valuable than their, than other people. Um, and I think that's what we're, we have seen uh, for quite a bit of time now. 
mean, it's interesting, there's been research which has shown, for example, on the BBC's coverage, showing how Palestinian deaths are given far, far, far less media coverage per Palestinian death than Israeli deaths. Now, obviously, it's important to talk about, for example, Israeli civilians who've been killed, but that the same weight, which is rightly given to Israeli civilians, is not given to Palestinian civilians. And also the sorts of language which is used, such as killed versus died. Um, and there was other studies, New York Times, Washington Post, found exactly the same thing, a separate study. So, I mean, that's do you think that's kind of linked to this systematic Absolutely. And we see it in the chamber as well. We see uh, news or allegations that aren't factual, uh, that aren't um, cross-checked being uh, repeated in, in the chamber. We know that the British government and the British establishment, especially at our news coverage, uh, simply don't value the lives of Palestinians. So it's really important that as a member of parliament, I'm able to challenge that and actually humanize Palestinians uh, when we talk about the death toll, which is well over 23,000. That is not just a number that we should be comfortable with. We should remember that these are people uh, with lives, with dreams, with hopes, with family members, uh, with stories. And it's really easy to kind of uh, forget that or ignore that. So it's really important that all of us who have a platform uh, try to try to use those to, to humanize the lives that I've lost and try to stop more lives being lost. I've re repeated numerous times that a ceasefire yesterday would have saved the lives today. And that's my job to continuously remind not just the government, but my own front bench that that immediate ceasefire is what we should be pushing for. And every day that we don't push for that, we find ourselves complicit in what is happening. Before I ask you partly, just link to that, it says I want to ask you about your very important bill. But just before I do, I mean, have you noticed, for example, in your own constituency, Coventry South, um, anti-Muslim um, uh, racism, hate crimes increasing si since this particular round of horror began? I've heard anecdotally from friends in London, not in Coventry, where uh, following uh, Palestine demonstrations, um, their loved ones have uh, faced uh, abuse uh, on the tube. Uh, people are worried about wearing kafeas, um and, and holding placards after demonstrations because of this uh, de delegitimization uh, efforts, especially from our former Home Secretary who tried to portray anyone uh, who's calling for a ceasefire, anyone who's taking part in these peaceful demonstrations as taking part in hate marches, which again is to delegitimize the solidarity movement, uh, which has seen hundreds of thousands of people regularly uh, come to London and also across the whole country in Coventry and across the country, we have seen regular demonstrations. So it's really important to reiterate that. Um, and people are worried and it's really important that we come together. Uh, the best uh, form of safety uh, is through solidarity. And that is what we have to do here. Funny, I want to just ask you about this bill. So it's on arms sales to Israel. So just tell, tell us about that and why it's so important right now. So your viewers, Owen, will know about what's going on in Gaza. They'll know that there are lawyers uh, far more intelligent than me who uh, know the legal case uh, around genocide and what is happening in Gaza and have presented that case, um, especially the South African lawyers who have presented that case at The Hague. Um, and that is my view, too, that what is happening in Gaza is genocidal. 
because Israeli officials have repeatedly um, issued uh, uh, remarks that show their their intent and in terms of erasing Gaza off the map um, and making it unlivable. So my bill is addressing the fact that there is British complicity with British made weapons. Since 2015, the British government has uh, issued arms licenses to the value of over 474 million to the Israeli military, and that includes F-35 military jets. Those are fighter planes that are unleashing hell in Gaza right now. So when we see those harrowing images of parents and children um, after buildings, uh, hospitals and schools have been bombed, it's very likely that that airstrike has taken place using British made weapons. So my bill is trying to stop arms sales to countries where there is a risk that they will be used in violations of international law. And we know that that is clearly the case with Israel. It would also launch an inquiry into arms sales and finding the weaknesses in, in the current export regime that we have and ensuring that British weapons are never again used for war crimes, not just in Israel, but also in places like Sri Lanka, also in terms of the, the sales that we made to Saudi Arabia um, and their war on Yemen. Really important point, not least because history is always erased and people are not being told often about the facts. I mean, Yemen something I covered. I've been to a Yemeni refugee camp that Britain has been in a de facto proxy war against Yemen for years by supplying the Saudi dictatorship with weapons, which has unleashed horror against innocent civilians for years. Apparently now just directly doing it via British and American places is going to make it different somehow. Uh, but it's a really important point, and I'm glad... We do have voices still in Parliament who can make these crucial cases when so many lives are at risk. So please like and subscribe, those watching or listening on the podcast, whatever. Um, but thank you so much, Sarah. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Owen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.